Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, TP3 Bets, coming to you live on January 4th, 2023. Or sorry, 2024, actually. I already messed it up. This is our first podcast of the new year. Um, as always, though, I am joined by Ben Goritz. Ben, how are we doing today, man? We're good, man. Battling a little sickness, but uh, happy to talk. Almost playoff football. It's a hard week to bet on the NFL. And uh, we got to talk about the national championship that my alma mater is not playing in. Yeah, we got to talk about the national championship, guys. Uh, me and Ben had actually just started off last podcast and got to right here. And then somehow I don't know what happened, but... We're back here again. We've made it this far once again, Ben, and let's do it. Let's talk about the college football playoff. We're going to talk about both games, and we're going to preview for you guys the national championship. And then after that, we're going to talk about NFL Week 18. So stay tuned. we got a lot coming for you all. Let's get things started here, though, Ben. Obviously, I'll go first since I'm not the Alabama fan. I am going 1-1 one and one in the game. I bet on Alabama. I also took the over. And look, Ben, if I'm being honest with you, I think Alabama was definitely the right side. I mean, it sucked to not cover. It was the uh, missed um, extra or the extra point bobble snap that kept me from covering. But if I'm being honest with you, Ben, I think you'll I think you'll find my take interesting here. So first part of my take here is when I handicapped this game is Alabama's offense actually didn't really grade out that well in a lot of numbers. And if I'm being honest with you, I think Tommy Reese did a really shitty job with the offense. Um, I think Alabama's offense was mostly just hand the ball off to McClellan or McClendon and then just let uh, Jalen Milrow 
kind of just create. Like, I think it, that's really what it was. Like, there's no, like, screen game. There's nothing, like, complex about the offense. It was just basic and simple. I mean, y'all have great wide receivers who are good at running routes and getting open. I'm not saying they don't do a good job of it. I just think Tommy Reese doesn't scheme anything up. Like, Michigan's defense was playing very over-aggressive. He didn't call one single screen play to try to catch them off guard. Like, nothing. I thought Tommy Reese did a horrible job. Alabama has a great defense. We saw their defense hold Michigan and keep them in this game. And the center, I mean, he couldn't snap the football. He really cost y'all the game, in my opinion, as well. And I I personally think Alabama kind of blew this game. Don't get me wrong. Shout out to Michigan. They, and Jim Harbaugh, he got the monkey off his back and finally won a college football playoff game. But I really lean more on the side of Alabama blew this game. And I just think they kind of played into Michigan's hand. You know, Michigan had a good pass rush. Alabama's offensive line wasn't great at pass blocking. And they were able to get pressure and sack Milrow a ton. And that's why Alabama lost the game. Ultimately, they played right into their hand. Tommy Reese did nothing to help him out. Yeah, Alabama had the ball three, maybe four times um, when they were up 17 13 mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. I think they had the ball three times after that to try to um, make it a two possession game, and they failed every single time. There was a lot of three and outs from Alabama in that game. Like you said, a combination of bad snaps and, and bad pass protection is not, not a good recipe to win a big game. Um, I'll say this. We talked about this earlier in the year, and I think it came true again. We uh-huh. saw this earlier in the year when they lost to Texas. We saw in the first couple games uh, when Milrow just doesn't have a ton of experience. He is a freak athlete, but he is not a quarterback. And I'm not – I don't want the narrative to be the Lamar Jackson. He's a running back. Milrow just doesn't – like he's not comfortable, confident playing mm-hmm. quarterback. Don't think he knows how to read a defense very well. Agreed. Don't think he. I don't think he has any clue on how to um, change protections and read blitzes at the line of scrimmage. Don't think that's in his arsenal. I think him coming back. I think those are things to look for. Does he improve on? Does he actually play like a quarterback, or does he make a lot of big plays because he's just the best athlete on the field? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, not. I'm, I don't have the size to be an offensive lineman. I haven't played football in my life. But I will say this. Typically, when a defense gets a sack and it's off a free rusher, meaning he blitzes and nobody touches him, that is typically a miscommunication between the offensive line and quarterback. It's not the fact that they're blitzing one more than Alabama, you know, five offensive linemen, maybe plus a running back if he's blocking. It's not that they're bringing one more. Teams bring one more almost every single time they blitz these days. It, like, you know, not Russian form, yeah. but when you're called legit blitz, typically it's disguised and it's one more than they can block and people block it all the time. So I think he truly has not much of a skill set in being an actual quarterback and everything that entails to be a quarterback. I just think he's a better athlete than everyone on the on the uh, field. And there's times this year where he's yeah. able to step in his pocket and get outside and then someone's open, he makes a throw. But if you make him be a drop-back passer and play quarterback, I don't think he has that in his arsenal. I think that's something to look forward to. Obviously, Tommy Reese is coming back. Milrose coming back. That's something he's got to get better at. Um, like I said, he can throw the ball. He throws a great deep ball. He's mm-hmm. a tremendous runner. There's more to being a quarterback than just making a big play. So Michigan made him make big plays, and he, he didn't even come close to doing it. So – um 
yeah, I think I mean, they picked the wrong time to play one of the, you know, a, a bad game, Alabama. Uh, defense, I thought, played well until that last drive where it just – it might be in an unwritten rule in football that when you have a lead under a minute or under two minutes, apparently you just have to play prevent defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alabama let Michigan drive down the field on them. I told you J.J. McCarthy is a winner. You may not think he's that good, not you, but like people may not think he's that good. The guy wins. And uh, Harbaugh's a tremendous coach. I mean, everyone who's listened to multiple weeks knows I'm a huge Harbaugh fan. So um, credit to Michigan. Um, they are playing for a national championship. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that catch Roman Wilson made was absolutely insane. Uh, J.J. McCarthy's definitely a winner because he definitely did not win the game for them, but he did come through for them on the biggest drive. Um, last thing I want to say, Ben, is I actually do agree with you on your Jalen Milrow take. I think that was a really solid take. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what I said. I was like, I don't know why every single team in college football doesn't get a running quarterback and do what Alabama does. There's only one, two or three defenses that can stop the kind of offense that Alabama runs. And it just so happened Michigan's one of them, you know, so I think your take is very fair there. Let's talk about very physical. Yeah, the Michigan was very physical. That defense played a hell of a game. We'll see what they can do against their competitor in the second game, which is Washington. We had Washington take on Texas. And Washington, I mean, Washington dominated this game. They almost blew it at the end. Ben, what were your takeaways from this game? The first thing that comes to mind is the fact that the quarterback ran the ball with an injured running back instead of taking a knee, um, which allowed Texas to, again, get the ball with a chance. And for some reason, again, Teams only decide to play prevent defense. Um, Texas had their first two plays of that drive. It was incomplete pass, incomplete pass. It was third and 10. Texas hits a big deep ball with one-on-one coverage, which I get. Yeah. It's the third string receiver at Texas, and he's really the fourth string option when they pass the ball because the tight end's a stud there. And it was a one-on-one. The guy made a great play. Um, and then after that, they just decided to play prevent defense. That uh, Texas had one more big pass and then got down to the red zone, where the play calling was. I mean, was Sark drunk again? I mean, ball in the red zone. First first play of the drive is Quinn Ewers wastes four seconds and he throws a two yard pass. It's like, dude, that didn't help you. Yeah. You're you're now on the nine yard line, so the eleven. Like, it, it didn't help you. And then every other play was just a fade from there. So um, Washington, I mean, Penix, that's the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen play in a singular game. Not of all time, but like, yeah, he didn't, it seemed like he didn't miss any throws in that game. Um, It was just a, you know, Texas wasn't playing. They didn't play their best game. Obviously I think anyone would say that, but it's not that they were doing much wrong defensively other than they couldn't pressure Penix all that much. He was just better than everyone on the field. I think he had the best game of his entire career, to be honest with you. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think Washington just flat out beat Texas. Um, and it was fun to watch, not because I wanted Texas to lose by any means, but like the way that Washington plays is insanely fun to watch. They just throw it all around the yard. The receivers are unbelievable, and uh, I hope that running back, they say he's expected to play. I don't know how healthy he's going to be in that game, but they do need him to run the football, and uh, I cannot believe DeBoer, that coach, did not take a knee. Yeah, DeBoer did have a little blunder. I mean, that was just tough. Who was the – oh, Miami. 
Miami yeah, that, that, that was almost Miami, yes. But I will say that dumbass uh, gunner, too, on the punt team, or not the gunner, the long snapper running into the uh, into the return, man, that was even more stupid. That guy should have lost his scholarship over that. Um, Kalen DeBoer, man, I don't think he gets enough credit, though, for how good of a head coach he is. The guy is now 10-0 and as the head coach of Washington versus ranked teams. I mean, in the biggest games, in the biggest stages, he steps up and plays and Michael Penix, like Ben, I said on the podcast, I thought this the Washington on the money line and the spread was the easiest bets I'd made all season long in college football. And I couldn't even agree more after watching the game. Washington, I feel like that they that they played with an edge in this game, you know, that Texas yeah. didn't have. They played the we're disrespected card. We've beaten every single team on our schedule. How are we underdogs? We're ranked higher than them for crying out loud. And we're getting counted out. Everybody's saying Texas is going to win this game not so fast. And they, from the start of the game, they just looked like the better team. I know Texas had some mistakes at one point as well. And Texas got fortunate that Washington didn't just roll them out the gates, in my opinion. Um, game played out exactly how I expected it to, minus the ending. The ending was, did kind of make the game a little bit better than it was. Because, I mean, in the third quarter, in the second half, Washington was just absolutely dominating them. But like you said, Ben... Penix might have played the best game of his career on the biggest stage. I mean, what they have going on, they have the complex play calling with NFL wide receivers, a great offensive line with a left tackle who's going to be a stud. And that edge rusher, I can't think of his name. This guy is a total difference maker. Like, I don't think their defense is great, but I think their defense gets stops when they need it. And, you know, credit for Texas, man, for keep playing the game, for not giving up, for being able to get those stops on third and fourth downs. And, um, I thought that I thought Texas did well with what they had. Um, I thought that Quinn Ewers played well. I just thought that they were outmatched in this game and turnovers ended up biting them in the ass. Yeah, and the Joe, I mean Joe Moore, the best offensive line went to Washington yeah. this year, and you believe it watching that game. Texas has a tremendous defensive line, and they really could not get pressure on Panex all game long. It seemed like so credit to that offensive line for showing up. Yeah, and plus two, when they got pressure on Penix, like he knew where the pressure was, like kind of unlike what you said with Milrow, like he felt the pressure and he made a yeah, quick he decision. Exactly. He knew yeah. exactly what was happening every single time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Michael, Pen Michael Penix looks like a veteran NFL quarterback back there in a college football game, so shout out to them. Well, Ben, where we sit here now, we have a total of 55, Michigan versus Washington, and we have uh, Michigan listed as a four to a four and a half point favorite. Have you placed any bets and will you be betting on this game? I'll bet on the game eventually. I haven't placed anything yet. Um, I was just trying to see where the line moves, if it does move at all. This is a classic game of two teams that have zero similarities. Um, you have a pretty bad defense in Washington versus one of the best defenses in the country. And you have a non-explosive but good offense for Michigan yeah. versus the most explosive offense in the country in Washington. So I really don't know who that favors. I think both teams are pretty physical. As I just mentioned, Washington had the best offensive line in the entire country this year. <laughs> so I think that helps going against, again, another stout defensive line. In Michigan, if they protect Penix, I don't know how you stop this guy because they have three NFL receivers and one of them's open. So I I don't know if he's going to be as accurate as he was against Texas. I think it's pretty hard to repl replicate what he just did. But I I really don't even know who I lean in this game. I, I really don't. I, I truly don't know who has the advantage in the trenches. I would mm -hmm. lean Michigan. 
Michigan because Michigan also has a good offensive line, and I would say they have the better defensive line. I think Washington's got the better quarterback. I think Washington's got the better skill players. I think Michigan runs the ball a lot better than Washington. So I don't know. What are your kind of thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, I think the bet. I think it's pretty easy here for me. I'm going to take Washington plus the four. I'm not going to go crazy with it. I'm not going to take the money line or anything. I do have a. Uh, I do have Washington at plus fourteen twenty five to win the national championship ticket in my pocket still. So I'm going to use that as my extra juice here. But I still love Washington here in this game, man. I've said it all season long, Ben. I truly think college football is won by offenses, not by defenses. And I think that Washington, I don't think Michigan can play the same game and get away with it they did against Alabama. Like I said, no. the play calling is way more complex. Washington has the best offensive line in college football. Their defense is opportunistic and they get and they bend, but they don't break. You know, they're like your classic like Kansas City Chiefs. They're like your classic, you know, national championship Super Bowl defense. They get the sacks when they need it on third down. They can get pressure when they need it. I, I mean, Washington is the most battle-tested team in college football. I laid it out. You know, they had they had a ton of wins versus ranked opponents. I mean, they won at Oregon State, which I still think is the grittiest win any team had all season long. I guess I could maybe give Michigan the bump on that one now since they beat Alabama. But still, though, I think Washington, nobody's more battle-tested. No, and they're playing the disrespect card here too, Ben. Like, I feel like that they still feel that they're getting no respect here. They play a tougher schedule than Michigan. Michigan hadn't seen, it still hasn't seen a top 20 offense all season long. Washington's top 10 in damn near every single offensive statistic. And the last thing to too for me, I feel like Michigan's acting like they already won the national championship. Like, uh, Harbaugh's out here calling J.J. McCarthy the best quarterback in program history. I mean, Blake Corum and them. I mean, these guys, are, I feel like they're acting like they already won it all. I feel like Michael Penix and Washington was like, hell yeah, we won, but like we still got business to accomplish. And that's what I want to see out of the team I'm going to put my money on. I think Washington wins this game. It kind of, I think this game will play a lot how the Texas game did, minus the comeback. I don't think Michigan will have the comeback in them. I think they're going to be able to stop Michigan's run and force McCarthy to pass on them. I don't see Michigan stopping Washington. I mean, Michigan has not seen an offense e that even sniffs what Washington does on offense. Give me Washington early and often. Yeah, I don't know how much Washington – I think they're going to score. I don't think they're going to score at will, like every drive against Michigan, but you can't really tame them for four quarters – uh, Braylon Trice, by the way, was the Washington defensive end you were thinking okay, of. Yeah. I mean, that guy was wreaking havoc on Texas. I would imagine the offensive line coach of Texas is having nightmares about that guy. Yeah. Um, He's projected to be a first round pick, I saw. And plus, one of Michigan's think, best offensive linemen out for the season. Yeah. He was hurt. He got hurt. Um, was it against Ohio State, maybe? Yep. Yeah. So they've had a couple of games without him Big Ten championship and then the playoff game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I love this spot, honestly, for Washington. I think Washington wins this game by 14 to 21 points, to be honest with you. I think Michigan's just walking into a buzzsaw that they don't match up at all against. I mean, their style of football just doesn't play here, in my opinion. So that's the way I see this game playing out. I know that everybody probably thinks I'm anti-Michigan and I hate Michigan. Look, I'm going to give Michigan credit. What's the public on early? Looks like Washington, but... I think that it's it's a weird split, though, because when it's minus four and the money line's so low like this, I mean, most public bettors are just going to take – most of the public bettors are just going to take Michigan on the money line, and most of the uh, savvy bettors are going to take the Washington plus the points. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Michigan's only minus 192 on the money line. I feel like that if you're betting on Michigan, you're just going to look at it that way and say you'll eat the juice and you're that confident in Michigan, you know? So, I really think that's the way it's split in this game. 
Um, all right, Ben, let's move things over now to NFL Week 18. As Ben said, it's a tough week to bet on. We got a smaller card. Um, I've got a Saturday bet for us, Ben. I want to start us out with, and then I'll let you go to your next play. I'm actually going to double dip in this game as well. So I probably will end up betting on this Colts game. I haven't decided which way I'm going to go with it yet, but we have the Baltimore. Actually, wait, Ben, you want to recap for us real quick how we did last week before I get into the play? Yes, sir. Yep. Um, I went one and three in college football. You went four and two. I went two and one in the NFL and you just went one and oh. Uh, podcast total for college football, 77, 73, and five, uh, with obviously only one game to go in the NFL, 57, 46, and three. So again, a nice NFL season. Um, not that it's over, but almost a good regular season is almost done for the boys. Um, much better in the NFL this year than college, I would say. Yeah. And the weird part about it is I actually did better on my college bets than my NFL bets. I guess I just like didn't give the right ones out on the podcast. So I also think we started out the podcast like, weren't we like one in 12 at we were one bad. point? Yeah, we were uh, really bad at week, one point. Week zero, we were 0 and 5. Week one, we were 3 and 8. Yeah. So we had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We had to climb out of a sizable hole to start the season out. Um, 3 and 11 to start the year. Week yeah. two wasn't pretty. It didn't get good until week three. Yeah, we exactly. We, we I think we kind of you know figured it out, Ben. You know we went through the storm, so I like where we're sitting at now. Um, one of the thing I was gonna say is I know one of my losses on the podcast was the Liberty game over. I actually ended up just take instead of taking the over, I thought about it more and I took Oregon minus eighteen and a half in first yeah, half. But you know, like I said, I hadn't played it yet, but I'll take the L on that one regardless. Anyway, let's get into this play here. I love the Baltimore Ravens plus the four here against the Steelers. So, guys, the reason why the Ravens are favored, Lamar Jackson and some of the other players are going to sit out, it really doesn't matter to me here. First of all, the Ravens are like the best preseason team in NFL history. They always dominate in the preseason. The Ravens are 20-4 and ATS in their last 24 games as an underdog. Um, Mike, When Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh face off against each other and they meet, the underdog is 23-5-3 against the spread. And in my opinion, Ben Snoop Huntley's more than capable here playing quarterback. He's six and three ATS in his career. Yeah, he calls himself Snoop. He's more than a capable bit playing quarterback in this game and getting it done. Um, I feel like this is a classic sell high spot on the Steelers. You know, they got Mason Rudolph, a third stringer, playing quarterback for him. They've had two big wins against a Seattle team that just looks emotionally drained coming off two huge wins. And I was actually on Pittsburgh last week. And then also, too, like, I mean, they beat a Bengals team that I said was also in the sell-high spot. Now it feels like Pittsburgh is. And Ben, another reason why I want to sell on him, this goes back to what I sent you earlier in the week. Steelers are 8-2 and two in one-score games this season with a negative 27-point differential on the year. You're going to give me four points. I will gladly hop on the Ravens here, plus the four. I think this game's going to come down to a field goal. And I also have a little sprinkle in this game. I sprinkled like .3 units on it. Huntley is plus is plus three thirty to score a touchdown. Wow. I mean, he runs the ball so much. He's literally like these Walmart brand Lamar Jackson. He's punching one in on the ground. So I would I would say that Tyler Huntley is one of the best backups that you could choose from in the in the entirety For of the sure. NFL. Um, he's got a decent amount of experience with Lamar dealing with injuries over the past year or past couple of years, and I would argue that Tyler Huntley. I mean, obviously the Bengals ended up going to that Super Bowl, but in the AFC Championship game, Tyler Huntley played way better than Joe Burrow. Tyler Huntley like basically won that game until yeah. the Ravens defense couldn't get the last stop. But I, I don't know. I mean, I look at this as Huntley versus a quarterback that like might not 
be on a team next. I mean, like Mason Rudolph, like he's two and zero in the two games he started, but like the first game he won, he didn't he didn't throw a touchdown pass. So it's like I don't know how much he did. The second game he threw for a bunch of yards, but that it, I mean, thanks to George Pickens, George Pickens took a a slant for like seventy something yards. So exactly. Um, I'm with you. I'm taking the Ravens plus four as well. Yeah, we got to take the Ravens here, guys. I just think it's a total disrespectful spot. Me and Ben are both on this one together. Um, I love but it. Divisional ben. isn't this game's in Baltimore, right? Yeah, it's also divisional, divisional. dog. Yeah. Um, the Steelers beat the Ravens yeah. the first time. I mean, this is one of the biggest rivalries in the Torbert? NFL. Mike Tomlin's way better in this game. Do we have- um, Torbert ref in this game? Uh, no, he's not, unfortunately, which is good for us, though, because usually the home team, the home team in divisional games covers like three. Yeah, it's the home favorite. Yeah. So it's a good thing he's not not refing. And also, too, we got Mike Tomlin as a favorite versus Mike Tomlin as an underdog. Um, last thing I want to say about this game is, like Ben says, somehow I bet on every single Steelers game every single Seriously, week. So dude. literally every single game. Ben, what's, well, what's your favorite? The, what's the Steelers record right now? Um, the Steelers oh, record, yeah, nine and seven. So they secured the over 500 season. And that's even crazier part. It's the greatest is, that it's like the greatest stat I've ever heard of a coach. Eight of their nine wins were one score games. Eight of their nine wins. That is re that is just absolutely ridiculous. They ain't blown anybody out. Um, I'm going to give out another Sunday play, Ben, then I'll let you go just so we don't have to listen to me rattle off three plays in a row. I'm going to take a one o'clock game and a completely meaningless NFL game. I'm going to take the Patriots on the money line versus the Jets. The Patriots are 18 and one the last 19 times they've played against the Jets. And this could possibly build build Belichick's last game ever coaching this team. If I know anything about Belichick, he's going to win this game and he doesn't want to go out. I mean, he's the best coach in Patriot history and NFL history. He's going to go out at the team he put on the map with a win. There's no way he loses this game. A couple stats for y'all here. The Jets are 31st in season-long yards per play, and they're 32nd the last three games. They went from 4.8 season-long to 4.1. This team is just playing awful football. Like, yeah, you can't even make it up how bad they're playing. I feel like the Patriots are playing a lot better with Zappi in there, and if they didn't have four turnovers last week, they might have been able to knock off the Bills. Patriots are 4-9 and nine in one-score games this season. I think they're pretty undervalued, and we've kind of already seen that turn around here at the end of the season with them in one-score games. Give me the Pats. I think they I think they win this game by two or three touchdowns. And, oh, and they have the best run defense in the NFL, so let's watch Trevor Simeon try to pick them apart. I'm going to go to possibly Bill Belichick's next team he coaches, at least it was rumored to be. Uh, the Cowboys are playing the Commanders, and this is probably the last time I'm ever going to be able to bet against Ron Rivera, uh, and I'm going to take full advantage of it. He's decided to play Sam Howell, who is the most sacked quarterback I feel like I yep. have ever seen in my entire life. Um, I don't think this team is playing for Ron Rivera. He is out. Uh, I think he knows he's out. And the Commanders have also like decided to rest some of their starters in this game. Um, Cowboys minus 13 is my play here. Uh, Michael Parsons is fighting for defensive player of the year. I'm assuming that means something to him. And, uh, I think Sam Howell is going to be greeted by, uh, Mr. Parsons quite often in this game. So I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 13. I would assume at some point that Dak, um, comes out of this game, you know, with a big spread like this, it's obviously projected to be a blowout. So, uh, I'm gonna take the Cowboys minus 13. It's this is the last time I think this is the last head coaching job I would imagine 
So I'm going to bet against Ron Rivera one more time because it's just the best play. I mean, he's such a bad coach. Um, nowadays, he was he was good in Carolina for a couple of years, but he uh, he's he's out. And I'll be honest with you, there's reports that apparently if the Falcons' job uh, head coaching job becomes open, that Eric Bieniemy is on the short list of that. I don't know if mm-hmm. I believe those rumors, but even if those are rumors are true, I mean, how checked into this game is he going to be? I mean. I, I think Washington's a mess. I've also read that they're resting some defensive starters um, and Sam Howell gets sacked a ton against one of the best defensive lines in football in the Cowboys. So I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 13. I like that play a lot, Ben. I think you'll definitely catch that one. And I have a play that's correlated to this one. I think for all the reasons Ben said, their Cowboys are going to absolutely lay the beat down on Washington early and often. And they're currently tied in the division with the Eagles and they own the tiebreaker. The Eagles are currently one and four straight up in their last five games, and they're 0 and 5 ATS in those games. They're playing the Giants. The Giants are at home. Give me the Giants plus the five points here. The Eagles are 11th on the season in yards per play. I mean, they're not even an elite team like people think they are. The Giants' offense is 13 slots better with Tyrod Taylor playing quarterback in estimated yards per play. Um, also, too, Brian Dayball is a home dog. He's 7-3-1 and one against the spread and 5-5-1 five, five and one straight up. Tyrod Taylor's 21-12-2 ATS. Um, as an underdog in his career. And last but not least, I think that, like you said, Ben, Dallas going to be smoking these guys. The Eagles have even said that they're going to look to hold people out. Devontae Smith isn't practicing. All the quotes make it sound like the Eagles. I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, guys, to to see the Eagles pull their starters whether it's at halftime or not even start some of the guys as the day goes on. I really I really think the Eagles are trying to rest up. They know they have no mojo right now. I personally think they need to play players and try to get mojo, but they're not going to do it. I, I love this spot for the Giants. The Giants will win this game outright. The Eagles are a disaster. Bass Rush is nowhere near half as good as last year. Secondary yep. is, is – their secondary is horrible Awful. right now. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a decent bet. I'm just going to stick with the Cowboys and Ravens as my two. I like it. I like it. Um, I got one more play for us as well. Um, I'm going to take the Bears plus the three against the Packers. Um, the Bears feel like the Lions of last year, the team that trended up at the end of the season. I sent Ben uh, this graph that I saw on Twitter. The Bears, if you look at their defense, if they're just like overall DBA, DVOA and especially their defense, They've trended from like one of the worst teams in the NFL all the way to seventh in DVOA. I mean, Chicago has trended up, I think, the most of any team in the NFL at this point in time, including the fact they had to play games without Justin Fields. I think the Packers, like last week I took the Vikings because I pointed out how awful the Packers defense has been playing. They were last in in YPP going in, in the last three games going into last week. And I think they took advantage of a dumpster fire Minnesota quarterback room, and that's why they were able to win that game so heavily. I don't think the same thing's going to be the case for them here. The Bears' defense, like I said, dramatically improved. Justin Fields and his offense is humming. DJ Moore's going off. I think that the Bears are going to are going to give them all they want and more, and I could see them ruining the Packers' chances of making the playoffs. Give me the Bears plus the three. Don't be shocked when they win this game outright. And Ben also pointed out to me that the Bears have a long-term losing streak to the Packers when they've been playing them or just in general to the Packers. So Bears need to get their monkey off their back. They got embarrassed in week one. I like playing teams who lose the first time in divisional matchups to win the second time around. So that's another reason I want to be on Chicago here in this game. Ben, 
I know we don't have any plays on here, man, for the for the uh, Dolphins-Bills game. Are you going to play anything in this game? I lean the Bills right now. Um, okay. Josh Allen has been – he's pretty much been cleared to play. Um, I, I just – the Dolphins against good teams, it, it doesn't happen for them. And I think part of that is they like to get pretty cute on offense and uh-huh. they're not like a nitty-gritty type of team. I think the biggest lo- – like Bradley Chubb got hurt last week. Phillips was already hurt. The Dolphins do not have much of a pass rush anymore. I think that opens up things for the Bills offensively. I think that allows them to run the ball better. I think Josh Allen, you give him time, he could do anything on a football field. He can throw five picks. He can throw five touchdowns. <laughs> he can run for five. Like, yeah, he does everything. But when you give him time, is really when he's going to pick you apart. The only concern I have with the Bills – Everyone keeps talking about them as being maybe like the second most dangerous team in the AFC behind the Ravens. If you know when they get in the playoffs, if they get in the playoffs, I guess. Um, Stefan Diggs has been an embarrassment this year in the in the back half of the year. Um, let me pull this stat up. Uh, give your thoughts on the game. I'm gonna go find this stat. It is okay. eye opening how bad Stefan Diggs has been recently. Yeah, Diggs, uh, they are showing it on one of the broadcasts. Diggs really haven't been doing anything lately. To be honest with you, Ben, I'm probably going to take the Dolphins in this game, man. I actually have futures on the Dolphins to win the division. I think nobody's giving them a chance because of a couple injuries. I want to see what the final injury report looks like, but I'm probably going to be rocking with Miami here in this game. And look, Miami owes Buffalo one for the ass whooping they handed on him earlier this season. But on top of those facts, think about this. The Dolphins were minus one and a half against Dallas in Miami two weeks ago. And now they're plus three against the Bills. I mean, I have Dallas and the Bills as even teams. I can't even get relatively close to this number. I think this is a massive overreaction. And the public seems to think it. I mean, what outside of the Cowboys win, I really don't like what I've seen out of the Bills this season. And I would completely disagree that they're playing their best football and they're surging and that they're the hot, hot team to be afraid of in the AFC. Like, when you look at Buffalo, man, Buffalo barely beat Easton Stick, and they should have lost that game to the Patriots if Zappi didn't have four turnovers. They damn sure could have lost that game last week. I'm not buying it here with Buffalo. I'm probably going to end up taking the Dolphins in this game. I I, I think this is just total disrespect here. Buffalo, Buffalo could miss the playoffs if the Steelers are able to beat the Ravens. So I found the Stephon Diggs stat. Uh-huh. Stefan Diggs was the wide receiver three in points per game from weeks one through nine. Obviously, that's fantasy talk, but if you're playing well in fantasy, you're playing well in real life. He's wide receiver three in points per game from weeks one through nine. In weeks 10 through 17, Stefan Diggs is wide receiver 54 in points per game. As bad as that sounds, it's wow. about to get it's about to get worse. Diggs was outscored by Quinton Johnson in the final eight games. Yes, the same Chargers receiver that can't catch a pass if he dropped it in his hands. Jeez, that is... It, it is hard for the Bills to win big games if their star wide receiver is not going to show up because that means you're relying on <clears throat> Shakir <coughs> excuse me, and um, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is the king of... Nobody knows what that guy's doing. That guy can have two touchdowns in a game or he can go three straight weeks with having three catches. Like... Yep. He's very unreliable, and when you can't rely on Stefan Diggs, it makes it really tough for the Buffalo Bills. Um, someone sent me that stat, and I like my jaw was on the floor. It's like I know he's been bad. Being worse than Quentin Johnson for weeks ten to seventeen is historically bad. 
That's insane. Yeah, I think I think Buffalo is extremely overrated right here. I just I don't understand how they're three point favorites. I think the line is just absolutely ridiculous and out of control here in this game. So I'm gonna have to take the Dolphins probably out of principle in this one. Ben, any other thoughts before we get up out of here, man? I was uh, I was trying to find real quick. Last time the Bears beat the Packers in Green Bay. I feel like can you like remember a time where the Bears won in Green Bay? No, I can't. Here, they I'll look right now. At home. They won at home a couple years ago, but it was in Chicago. Let's see here. Um, like I feel like Rodgers was undefeated against the Bears in Lambeau. He probably wasn't, but... No, I think he was undefeated against them. I remember they almost beat him that one game to in keep Lambeau. him out of the I'm play. Talking about, I'm talking about in Green Bay. Yeah, let's see. It looks Not like overall. I mean the Bears have gotten their ass kicked overall, but I'm just talking about in Green Bay. Like again, this is not maybe the same old Bears as we have seen. They're they are a little bit better, especially on defense right now. But I, I seriously, I'm 25 years old. I'll be 26 pretty soon. I I cannot remember a time that the Bears beat the Packers in Green Bay. I'm sure it's happened. It is. Not within the last couple of years, am I? Because I would remember it, I feel like. Yeah, the Packers have won nine out of their last 10 games against the Bears, and they've won I their last seven in Lambeau. I think they've covered a lot of those. Yeah, they've but covered again, all nine, nine out, of the, out of them, too. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers versus the dysfunctional Bears is a little different from Joint Love. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, dude. The, the Bears are due, man. The Bears are due. Um, I'll recap real quick. Did you have Washington money line or plus four and a half? I have them. Uh, I'm just going to take them pl- on the spread. I already, ha- I already have them. Uh, the future on them, but I definitely would highly advise to take it. So Washington plus four and a half is the only college football play given out. I'll take something. I just don't have it yet. Um, in the NFL for Thomas Ravens plus four, Pats money line, Giants plus five, Bears plus three. NFL for myself, Ravens plus four, Cowboys minus thirteen. It's time to say goodbye to Ron Rivera. It is time to say goodbye to Ron Rivera, and it is time to say goodbye to the NFL regular season. Next time we talk to you all, we will be previewing the NFL playoffs. Ben, it has been a pleasure as always, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, guys. Let's get this money, and we appreciate everyone who tuned in. We'll talk to you all soon.